Dear Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. Good evening. Welcome back to the You Disciple podcast. We are we are recording from a very strange place on the outskirts of the Archdiocese of Melbourne. We are in Bacchus Marsh in the Dominican Sisters Convent. Yes. <laughs> so I'm Sister Mary Helen and today I have wrestled two mothers away from their children, their several children during school holidays. So I have with us um, Monica Russell. Hello. And Jen Costin. Hello, hello. <laughs> so, um, yeah, how's school holidays going? Yeah, I wasn't there for some of it this week. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Escaped. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Jen? Uh, oh, well, you're good. Yeah, well, yeah. We just have one in school and we're homeschooling this year. So I only gave them a week, actually. Oh, <laughs> they're back on the books? Yeah, yeah. Um, one week out of routine is plenty. Yeah, that's them. enough. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, we have with us live today, Monica's youngest, yeah. beautiful daughter, Felicity, who's right with us on the floor. So <laughs> if I disappear, that's where I am. That's what's <laughs> happening. Okay, but she's doing all right. Um, so uh, we're going to just chat today. Um, well, this is a girls take over the podcast, if you didn't realize. There are no men present. Um, and and Monica and Jen are good friends here in Bankers Marsh. And they've, they've both worked in the church for a long time. And they really have a heart for mission and for supporting young women in the church. So we're going to have a great conversation and you're going to learn some tips. You're listening to the You Disciple podcast, where we put the you in disciple. So we might just get started here, Jen, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, my name is Jennifer Costin, and I <coughs> sorry, I'm married to Nathan Costin, who is um, working for the Archdiocese as well. He um, he and I have been married for six years. Wow! No, seven seven years. <laughs> and where did you meet? And we met on Net Australia. So, in case you haven't noticed my accent, I am Canadian. And we did net in 2009, based in Melbourne, and now we are back in Melbourne all these years later with three young boys and a baby on the way. Hey, beautiful. And Monica, tell us something. Something. Of the, um. the incredible <laughs> story of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us a snippet. Yeah, thanks. Um, no, I live, I, I'm, I'm married to Aaron and I have five children. Um, we moved out this way because we were living in Newcastle for quite some time. We've been married for 10 years and we moved back to Melbourne because when you have children, it's handy to have family around you. <laughs> so we moved back for um, some family support, really, and we moved to the suburbs and of Melbourne and decided that that was a little bit too difficult. So we wanted a bit more space. And so we moved all the way out to our two acres in Greendale. So... We're having a great time. I think, Jen, you're the newest uh, member of our group here to Bacchus Marsh. 
What have you found about our lovely community? <laughs> yeah, I've I've loved it. I'm a small town girl myself. I'm from only a, a town of a thousand people up in the northern parts of Ontario. So um, I'm really enjoying the small town feel of Becker's Marsh. Not quite a thousand people, but mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, we love Becker's Marsh. It's lovely. We just had. Uh, Mother Anna Grace visit from Nashville and she just couldn't get over how friendly everyone is and how supportive the people are and how close the parish is. I don't know, has that been your experience too? Yeah, it really has. It's helped, it's helped create the village that we sort of keep being told isn't, doesn't exist anymore. But it does. It does. <laughs> In some places. <laughs> it works. So, um, just thinking about uh, the young women we have out there, I, I I have the privilege of working with a lot of young people here in the universities. And, uh, you know, being a single young woman is not so easy. Uh, it's, it seems so much more complicated than when I was younger, unless I just was completely oblivious. Uh, but maybe while we're all together, we could come up with some kind of tips. I mean, you both were, um, were young Catholic women. You're involved in the church young. Like Nat was something you did when you were younger. And I think, Monica, you were in the youth office for a while. Um, So what things helped you when you were a young woman navigating your way? Well, I think um, for me initially, I got a lot out of the Holy Hour at St. Pat's Cathedral. Um, That's where I kind of found my first... um, community and realised how important it was to be surrounded by people who at least shared uh, that part of your life. That you, I went to uni and I had a fun time, but I couldn't really be who I really was yeah. um, without, you know, sort of apologising <laughs> <laughs> almost. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was probably my first experience. And, and just spending time with the Lord actually helped me know who I was mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the key. Because you can't share yourself until you know who you are. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. supposed to love your neighbour as yourself, and you have to know who you are mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. Knowing who you are in Christ. And I I grew up as I mentioned in a tiny town, and I didn't have. I I was literally the only Catholic youth in our town. Like uh, my siblings, as we got into our teen years, my siblings and my cousins stopped practicing and really fell away. And so I was I was quite alone in my Catholic faith. I had two other Christian friends who were a great support to me, but I think that time, that time where I didn't have support from friends really made challenged me to to really stick close to Christ and to deepen my relationship with him because mm-hmm. it was it was either that or go with the crowd and um, it really forced me to make deeper convictions about my faith and and what I wanted for my life and where I was headed and then like you said Monica from that you learn who you are mm-hmm yeah, I think adoration was something that really did help there. I think just that silence was adoration a, a help. Yeah, adoration was something actually completely foreign to me until 
until I went to World Youth Day mm-hmm. um, for the first time when I was 18. Um, we ha- I had no exposure to it at all in my hometown parish. Right. And I just remember sitting in, in front of the Eucharist and the priest was explaining just sort of like what adoration is. And, and I remember him saying like, even if you just sit here, it's like sitting in front of the sun and and you you don't have to be paying attention to the sun even, but s- just being there in front of it will will change change your skin. You'll get burnt. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> but in the best possible way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I we joke about that with the, some of the sisters, the older sisters. They just look, yeah, baked in. The prayers really baked in. And mm. You can just, <laughs> just exudes out of them. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, I don't know. Along the way, did you have some? Um, wisdom from elders at your time when you were growing up? Is there anything someone said who's older than you and you thought, oh, yeah, I'll keep that piece of wisdom? I'm not really good at coming up with these things in the moment myself, but maybe <laughs> you are. <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, like, I didn't have a lot of people around me, um, but I think the times that where I did have, w- whether I was even just on a, a retreat and mm. meeting someone who would pray with us mm. or... Um, just short conversations with people um, really was a great encouragement, having people who are a bit older than you, a bit wiser than you, and encouraging you. Mm. Um, nothing in particular stands out at the moment, Mom. I think <laughs> for me, I, d- I don't know if it's any particular one thing, but um, just knowing that there were people there to I, – I had a – I had a lot of generational friendships yeah. growing up. I um, I, I don't even – I'm not even sure how it happened. I just – I think part of it was to do with the fact that I was the eldest in my family and I saw that – I felt like I was missing something, mm. like a like an older person to ask questions of. and So I would seek out the um, older people because most of my friends and siblings, I was always the eldest – so I just I, – I learned a lot of um, just life experience. If I had a problem, I could see that it wasn't really in the context of the wider world that important, mm, maybe. Yeah, or, or, or that it could keep on going. Like, it's okay, you can get through it. It won't shape everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think having that someone to talk to who's – older a few years ahead of you on the road like it just gives you such perspective yeah and that is so helpful and I think I'm I'm really only in the past few years like trying to to take those uh, those um, opportunities to find those people and to you know just take it for for all of the goodness that's in there and the wisdom because perspective is is so much we can get so caught up in our brains I think especially these days when we're on social media and we're on our phone and everything's so me oriented like I for myself I just my brain keeps going in circles and I need just to like talk it out and and get some perspective. Mm -hmm. We were just doing a little course on um the human person we've just wrapped it up and in one of the last sessions we were talking about emotions the role of emotions and faith and uh we were saying there that emotions react to our perception of reality so if our perceptions off then our emotional reactions are are not matching reality so that kind of perspective that you're talking about is, is really helpful even just for emotional yeah 
peace yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and balance, you know. Yeah. And just even knowing that – so when I was quite – when I was younger, I was in the Junior Legion of Mary. <laughs> I was, um, and we had visiting us the most fascinating person I'd ever met in my whole life who was a missionary in Cambodia. And the stories that she told showed me that you could be an ordinary person and be quite extraordinary. Mm. And and I think that was the first time I just went and – and I kept in contact with her for a very, very long time. Mm. And um, I even met her on the street relatively recently um, oh. in Melbourne. And I knew – I just was – it was sort of that exciting, like, she's my hero <laughs> <laughs> kind of person. And she's quite elderly now, but she's, she's quite amazing. And mm. I think meeting her made me go, I need, I need friends – who can inspire me to greatness, yeah. but not personal greatness, like holiness. Right. I don't need. I think there's a whole lot of, um, you know, I feel sometimes that the um, the Saint Catherine of Siena quote, "If you are who you should be, you'll set the world on fire." Is can be a bit of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the men have their own kind of uh, pressure type quotes, but this is the one that the females hear a lot, mm. and I think that. It means people think, oh, I'm supposed to do something huge and amazing. amazing with my life. And I was like, actually, no, she just wanted you to love God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what she does just, that What look does like? that look like in your life? And how are you supposed to? Because <laughs> God said, God told us how to get to heaven. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul and your neighbour as yourself. That's it. I mean, it's it's not easy, yeah. but it's mm. simple. Yep. Mm. Yeah. And it's so... And ordinary it's so ordinary <laughs> yeah very ordinary <laughs> but day after day after day yeah, I mean the, yeah, the number choosing. of just little choices every day yeah. that's heroic it yeah. is it is and that's what makes it extraordinary and yeah. that's what sets the world ablaze with love and even is because the real quote is actually sets Italy on fire which yeah. actually means yeah. God has put you in your place where you are right you don't have to set the whole world on fire. <laughs> you just have to set Backers Marsh on fire. Yeah. <laughs> or Greendale. I'll, go to, I'll choose Greendale because uh, that's not very There's a lot of trees. Well, no. there's, no many, there's no many people. <laughs> oh, I don't want to set the No, world. no, don't actually, actually set on fire. fire. Yeah. That'd be bad. No. <laughs> less people, less stress. Yeah. But no. no. But yeah. It's, it's actually what you put where you are. And if God wants you to move, he will tell you. Yeah. I have moved a lot in my life and I've known when to move. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, does, he does push if you keep keep to um <laughs> sorry i have a small baby oh felicity is having a <laughs> moment <laughs> she's very cute too animated oh we're too Stop excited she's me. like just relax it's <laughs> bedtime okay <laughs> well yeah i think we're touching on this point uh and i think i've seen this a little bit and and it is a gift friends are a gift you can't um manufacture them and and we, we probably can't have too many really close friends but um, it does seem to be a key you know having good friendships um, and I remember when I was younger I was doing engineering right so at that time way back last century uh, there weren't too many young women in my engineering classes so all my friends were men and they were great and I'm still friends with some of them um, but my mum would keep saying where you need good female friendships and I was like whoa (laughs) (laughs) just seemed like so much effort I just didn't want the drama Um, but it's really important right to have good friends that um, 
yeah, and maybe just start early. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, now that I have a family, um, it's the time when you realise when you ha- if you have a f- village or you don't have a village because it's quite of a – it can be really isolating, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and I think that if you start your village as a single person um, and even as an older teenager – like if you notice a, 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 a mother struggling with her kids, go up and talk to her mm. because she probably doesn't get many people coming up and talk to her positively about her large family. Mm. Mm. Um, it would make her day. Mm-hmm. So and, and you don't know what can flow from that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and being, being proactive in, in making friends and um, so often in my life I think I've – I've I have not been proactive in making friends and I've sort of been expecting other people to introduce themselves um and put themselves out there and invite me into their circle but um the older I get the more I realize it's like no you just got to choose to be that person and even if you're going to a new parish and you know you might think well I'm the new person here like someone's supposed to where's the welcoming committee come on (laughs) um like you you just got to make that that choice to if you want community if you want good friends if you see someone and you're like thinking you know I'd actually really like to be friends with that person I think I think we'd get on really well um you you just be the one just go put yourself out there and like what's the worst that can happen Mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's a relationship is a risk and sometimes it doesn't work and that's actually okay yes you're allowed to say, oh, this isn't working. Let's find a new person. Yeah, yeah. And and just because someone doesn't click with you doesn't mean nobody will click with you. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember having a – I was teaching a year nine class in Sydney several years ago. And, uh, I mean, as sisters, we don't use social media, but you can see the impact on all these little people. And I remember asking them, I was like, okay, let's do some just pros and cons. Tell me what are the good things about social media and what are the negative things for you. And – I was really astonished that the most positive thing that they thought the advantage of social media for them was that they could avoid rejection. So they could just go and search out everything about this person before they even try to interact with them mm-hmm. to, to avoid being rejected or avoid yet yeah, awkward um, encounters and I thought, oof, that, that whole risk factor of just yeah. going out there, they're, they're really afraid of that. Mm. And, and I thought that was fascinating. It just shows the, re- the non-resilience. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like you, s- yeah. you think you know this person before you've actually spoken to them. Right. Even. Yes. It's just the shiny bit of them. Yeah. Like that's not even the real bit. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it was interesting because I think there's so many things that require risk like faith requires a risk. You have to step out in faith um, to be able to, yeah, it's, it's not this watertight experience. Um, mm. the, all the best things take, take some kind of a risk, um, mm. but especially in friendship, I think if, unless you're really convinced that um, I am not, on my, I'm not enough on my own, like I actually need community, uh, you know, yeah. I, it's not just me and God, or not just me and me, I, I actually really need community. So it's worth that kind of a risk, I think, perhaps is something. 
yeah, we need to do. And it, it's the human thing to do. Yes. <laughs> you are isolated. That's, I feel like the more isolated you are, the more self-reflection and self, self-obsession self you end up needing to have. Yes. Because the whole point of community is for them to tell you what your gifts are. You don't need you don't need to think about what your gifts are if you are told what your gifts are. That's right. how you find out you have gifts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about like COVID lockdowns as oh. you're talking yeah. and like just the downward spiral yeah. of like my own like interior <laughs> thoughts <laughs> and, and everyone's collective mental health, like how much it plummeted when we b- are forced to be isolated. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just, it is not how we were, what we were made for. Mm-hmm. We were made for community. I was just thinking, Monica, you're, I, just because I know some of your friends. <laughs> Uh, I have some of the same friends. It's great. But uh, this whole aspect of having friends from different generations. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you want to share about who some of your friends are. I think you've got really (laughs) good friends. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like what sort of people are you leaning on? Um, I think so. There's a lot of people... There's a lot of people talking in these days in our circles and whatever about mentorship. Mm. And I was sitting there thinking, well, I don't have a – do I have a mentor? And then I realised that I really – I have a number of people in my life who um, have been like actual mentors of, of, of life, like the school yeah. of life kind of people who – and uh, I have <laughs> – I was lucky enough to be um, – I met Anna Crone when I was about 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And I would call her my mentor when I was thinking about it recently. I was like, oh, I react. I, I've learned all, so much mm. from her and her ideas of the human person, but through friendship. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't. Mm. It happened it was, so naturally. It was so natural because, yeah. because mentorship is friendship. And mm-hmm. it actually, the thing about her, for example, for me, was that she actually listened to me and said and, and, and treated me like I had something to say. Mm. So if you want it's 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 reciprocal it's not about one person being in the guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's, it's totally friend friend oriented yeah yeah and i think it has to happen naturally in a in a in your life i mean sure in your workplace you need something different but yeah in life and i'm sure for anna i mean anna loves being with your yeah. family too yeah. right it's so fun. it's not that it's all one side <laughs> it's good yeah. yeah i think the same like i grew up in a parish where I mean, I think I've said this before. I've had had to have two 21st birthdays, you know, one with my uni friends and one with my parish friends. You know, I was in a prayer group where the average age was probably 73. And (laughs) I love those people. And they're praying for me, the ones who are still with us, you know. (laughs) I I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And praise God. (laughs) You have good friends. They're good for you. Yeah. So I've always really appreciated and and maybe it's the same. I'm also the oldest in the family. That kind of looking up for someone just a little bit ahead of me. Um, And then even for myself, so sister and I were talking about in in our community, praise the Lord, young people keep joining. And so there's this constant in the convent it's always a mix. There's always a mix. There's always new life and there's always, you know, the older mature ones, but that we all learn from each other and that it's so healthy, I think, to have a spread. Mm. Yeah. Influence, Jen. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I think um, I think for me being in a smaller town has made a, a, a big difference. Um, previously we were driving nearly half an hour to our parish and 
and we had great people there, but everyone else was driving half an hour to the parish. Yeah. <laughs> and so the friends that we had, it wasn't it wasn't even like natural or easy to get together with them. But now that we can walk, it's a ten minute walk to our parish and we feel so blessed to be able to do that. We can we go more frequently. We see the same people more frequently and those relationships just happen so much more naturally with people of all ages. Um, and it's been a real blessing to connect with people who are um, older than us, but also um, also just like teens. Like we don't really have any teens in our life, like in the, for me and, and Nathan. And, and there's teens in the parish, and that's awesome. It's awesome for our children to have them to look up to. Yeah, it's true. And some of them are amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is just a giant advertisement to me. Count of Vacas. It's a great place. <laughs> but I think you'd find that anywhere yeah. in every parish. I mean, the people that are showing up to Mass. Yeah. That's a, that's a very unique section of the population. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, worth getting to know and invest in. I think it's also beautiful. I won't embarrass anybody, but I find it in really amazing that we're aware sometimes that there's stuff going on in families and people are having a hard time. But in the middle of that, they're dropping off presents. They're, you know, baking things for people. They're out of themselves. And it's just really healthy. You know, like so the friendship also draws the best out of us and, and helps us, you know, look outside. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think so. Because mm. if you're not... Yeah, it's the love... It's, it's, it's loving. Francis de Sales said, if you learn to love by loving... And so, in order to get better at it, you need to start it. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. Okay, we're coming to the end. Have we got any final tips for our young women out there? Maybe something in your brain that I have not been calling forth. Um, I'll just say this quote that's been bugging me, well not bugging me, but just with me all the past few weeks is um, a JP2 quote. Uh, I'll probably butcher it, but something along the lines of um, you find yourself when you make a sincere gift of yourself. And I think God's been teaching me that in a really specific way with my children. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is something transferable to all walks of life. And um, wherever you are, making a gift of yourself, and that that's probably going to mean something difficult, stretching. It's it's hard. Um, but that's, that's truly when we become who God made us to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that I would just say that when that don't let um, preconceived ideas stop you from attempting a friendship. I think that that's what is it, it is on say Instagram and you're thinking that they're some kind of shiny person <laughs> um, and they're too good for you. They're not. Yeah. 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 Mm.
<laughs> there you go. And um, so, and then we have a few things coming up. Um, so, I think Monica's involved in um, Anima. Yes. And they have yes. whole sorts yeah. of things available for women yeah. of all ages. For women of all ages, and sometimes we even have things for men. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we run some courses for them, but there's a retreat coming up. Oh, yeah, November 12th at uh, Keele or somewhere. Yeah. Um, Is that Mary McKillop? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. November 12th, be there. <laughs> we're real, we're yeah. really certain about that one, but it is happening. <laughs> um, yeah, good. And then we even have a, um, a pilgrimage coming up just through the city. Everyone's available. Families, young people, whoever wants to be here. Felicity can come. <laughs> Poor thing. Um, hi, Felicity. Okay, she wants to be famous. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we're going to just do a pilgrimage on the feast of John Paul II and we're going to start at St. Mary's Star of the Sea at 11 a.m. and just walk through all the main churches of Melbourne. Um, so join us. We're calling it the Sea to Sea Pilgrimage. We Aww. can thank Sister Mary Sarah for that one. It's very patriotic. <laughs> Amen. Well, we'll catch you. Next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. Disciple Podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.